Hey, this is Mayday, the Handmaid's Tale podcast. Uh, you can find us anywhere you get your podcasts for your ear holes and also at allconsumingcontent.com. Uh, unfortunately, Justin is still out of town, but Rhea is back. Yay! So today it's Rhea and Sarah and myself, Tiana. Hello. Thanks for joining us. We're going to talk about episode nine. Already. Already. Already almost the end. I'm excited, but I'm sad. I feel like there are many, many directions they could go in episode 10 after episode 9, so I'm excited to see where they decide to conclude for now. I was really happy that episode 9 was back about Offred. Yes, for sure. Because after last episode, I was really not happy about half the episode being devoted to Worthless Nick. That was a big letdown for me. And two in a row from the perspective of a man, I was like, it was a really little weird. Show is going? Yeah, so I understand they need to open up the world, and I think they're doing that really, really well. They're changing enough things from the book that like do feel fairly natural, I think, in the story. But you know, they're opening up little doors and windows for characters to take different, make different choices, and take slightly different paths that can lead to like much bigger adventures for different characters. Or but it is startling to have. Uh, yeah, I I don't think he's going to get redeemed. I really don't. I had high hopes for him early on. I thought it's it's going to get better. He's going to have a redeeming moment or action or something. But no, it's and just he just keeps like not asking her name and like not doing the thing. And and now he's pouting it. Like he's yeah. transitioning yes. into this kind of like yeah your type. Where, a little woe is me. Yeah, right. The fragility thing we were talking about last week, and, and that's just continued in this episode. Worthless in a different way. Yeah. yeah. Maybe we should call him Fragile Nick. Yes. Oh, that is better. Yes, I like that. That feels a little bit more appropriate. Yeah. Anyway, okay, so this one was, the title was called Bridges? The Bridge. The Bridge, bridge I think, okay. yeah. Yeah. So, um, because, yeah, a lot of it takes place on a bridge and it's pretty physical, but either way, it opens up with the handmaids all filing into this mansion, which ends up being Janine's baby's you know, handover ceremony. Yeah, where that she was weird. Is the baby? Yeah, it seemed baptismish, and then you realize that's that what she's, I thought it was, right? And then you realize that she's giving over the baby to Mr. and Mrs. I guess Putnam was their name. I don't know, I Mr. and Mrs. Uh, yeah, kids. Right? Yeah, it was so fun because it, it, it rang a crucible bell for me, and I thought that's interesting. Yeah, and so either way, that's when Janine is forced to give the baby up, and of course she hesitates and holds on to her and tells. Mrs. Putnam, whose name is escaping me, but he, she tells her, you know, you, you have to you have to rock her, you have to burp her when you feed her, or something along those lines, and kind of giving the indication of, like, you don't know how to care for this child, I do. Also, that, you know, intimate connection that they have, um, and then she reassures her that she'll take care of it, or of the baby, and then, um, you know. It was interesting to watch them go a little off script. Because you could see they had the, the Bible verses in order, and there was some mm-hmm. kind of a ritual, not as much as the ceremony, but some. And they kind of let her go further than I thought they would let her go. And I was, was surprised, too. Yeah. Um, and I don't know if that's their, I don't know, having some understanding about what a cruel endeavor this all is, well, or their discomfort. You could kind of see Aunt Lydia in the background, like, giving the Putnams the look, saying, like, answer her say something reassuring like clearly she is having a real difficult time like you need to you need to hold this conversation and make this happen so that you're not just yanking the baby out of her arms she's like she's doing all the the mom eyes across the room that all the moms have done to their kids where you're like put that down we are in front of other people say thank you put that down right now before i get you in trouble 
but you are going to be very sorry later. And it's an interesting dynamic between Aunt Lydia and the girls, as usual. Oh, so that near. abuser, like yes. she, she of course abuses them, but as you know, like it's it's more complex than that. She isn't just their abuser; she somehow is at at times proud of them and protective of yeah. them. Yeah, affectionate. Kind of like a like yes. a lifetime kidnapper, where like she kidnaps a kid and then raises them as her own. It's just right. Like. There's a lot of control going on there, but she also loves them in her sick way. She does. And it's so She's weird. a true believer. She really, I think, really believes that this is the, the way best forward. For society. Yes. I really thought that she, her, on her face and in her reactions when nobody was looking at her, it almost seemed as if she was having doubts this episode. Am I the only one that thought that? No, they've got an odd parent-child dynamic between Janine and yeah, uh, that relationship. That's true. Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. that, yeah, just the two of them because Janine is so um, unstable and mm-hmm. childlike in a lot of ways, especially when they drop Janine off. And I don't mean to jump ahead, but they drop her off at her new home where she becomes of Daniel. And you get the sense that Aunt Lydia is very excited about it. But you know how sometimes when people are overly excited for something, you're like, are you trying to convince yourself mm-hmm. that this is She was, or yeah, in exactly the way that you treat a young child right. when you need them to be excited about something. Like, right, like, we, you're going to the dentist. You're moving to a new town. <laughs> it's going to be awesome. Good for you. Your new school's going to be great. You're going to make so many new friends oh because gosh. you're trying to get them to focus on the good and not on the scary stuff or whatever they're going to be sad about. And right. she was talking to her exactly like you would talk to a little kid. Right. And so, again, she could have just been like, this is the best, right? Right? You know, and she has that kind of... They're going to love you so much, I'm pretty sure. And yeah. I Look, they're out on place. the porch to welcome you. Right. So, anyways. So, yeah, that's that that was totally displayed, this, this dynamic between the two of them. And then Alfred speaks up as they're loading Janine into the van. And she says, um, you know... Will she be okay considering? You know, do you think she's okay considering? And Aunt Lydia kind of snaps back, yes, she's stronger than you think, and you should use her as a model for yeah. that, or, or something along those lines. I don't remember. She should be an example, I yeah. think, for all of you. Yeah, and then and then they kind of move forward with it, and Janine is kind of carted off. and, and um, But before that happens, she sees June. Janine sees June and becomes really happy and, and says, you know, she's like, are you okay? And she's like, don't worry, he's coming for me. So at this point, we still don't know if if Janine's just certifiably nuts and there's no affair between her and Warren, or if there has been an affair and he let her on and obviously he's still not coming for her, but she's, she's been given little reasons to believe that he will and then she's maybe blown it up in her head. So we still don't know at this point, but that thought and that belief is what's keeping her positive and afloat and, and staying the course of this new transfer and having to give up her baby um so yeah after that scene they offered approaches they're at the the soul souls or some, something where they oh, get they're little, all flesh aren't they no i thought that was later i thought this was the place where they go to get little like prayer scrolls oh i didn't even pay attention to where they were and now i'm gonna have to go back and watch because i wanted to see that place yeah, it's it's oh. not totally relevant to the scene, only because... No, but it's really interesting, it's, like, it's as a weird artifact of this world. No, I don't remember that at all. Okay, go yeah. back over that, because I remember that I remember that from the book, but what, what is the scene in this, in this episode? Well, so this is the part where, and it's outside of this place, and uh, June, or Alfred, walks up to... The storefront. Yeah. Whatever it is. But there's a woman there, and it's it, she looks... This was confusing to me. She looks sort of like New Auckland. 
But she's not New Auckland. She's somebody else. She's from the Red Center. We know okay. her from the the one that like pulls uh yes. off side. Yeah. We know her from the Red because Center. Because she was really shocked in the Red Center. Wasn't yeah, she? She and she was seemed like, really what? she seemed really young and naive in the Red Center. And then you also see her later with original Upland and <laughs> the original artist, Upland. I just realized. Um, and uh, she is one of the pair that seemed like weirdly just like. Okay, with everything yeah. and nonchalant, like they were sitting near the wall, just like passing time or something, and they were like, "Okay, so I think I'm gonna go home." Like, yeah, right. just really weird. And she was one of them. Okay, which made it extra weird for me that she turned out to have something to do with Mayday. Right. I was so, like, of all the people, I never would have suspected her because I thought June was a total idiot for a minute for suggesting it to her of all people. I was like, right. come on. When She's she going to just mention this to somebody important and now you're going to be in trouble. Well, so yeah, June goes up to her and says, I'd like to help with the Mayday resistance or whatever. And she's like, I don't know what you're talking about. And starts yeah. off and you think, oh, June, what a whip there. Yeah. Like, you, first of all, out out in the, in air, the middle, like, what are you doing? And then you think, oh, she, that was a swing and a miss with her because she clearly doesn't know anything about this resistance or yeah. whatever. And then, and she seems, you know, like, kind of flaky. Yeah. Yeah, so that so that ha- that scene happens, and then we we pan back to um, or we flash kind of click over to um, Janine's new home, and when she hits the front sidewalk with Aunt Lydia, she's like, "It's so far," and then Aunt Lydia's like, "Well, no," and she's like, "And it's this weird again parent child thing where she's dropping her off and everything's going to be okay, but she's scared and it's too far, and you know Janine yeah. checks into that childlike thing." And then you get the sense that the new family is um, completely kind, or much kinder yeah. than. And you They're the family you would want if you were in this situation, yes. right? They seem to yes, the wife be seems welcoming. The wife is, you know, like not a terrible gracious, and you know, this is going to be fine, and not a cold, uh, harsh. And, and they seem to be somewhat like cognizant of her feelings mm-hmm. and like, trying to ease her trying in, trying to comfort and, her a little bit. Yeah, and then... Um, Which is exactly what Janine would need in other circumstances if she had not just had to give up her baby, who, like, she sees as her love child, apparently. Right. Yeah. Well, and you get the sense that Aunt Lydia maybe purposefully tried to match her up with at least the kindest people Ooh, she Ooh, I didn't think of that. Yeah, yeah. like, again, that parent-child dynamic thing, which is really interesting. She's like, no, you're of Daniel now, and everything seems kind of okay, but, you know, Janine's a ticking time bomb, so you're just like, what is going to blow up and how? Because she's with really nice, you know, quote unquote, nice people now. Yeah. So and you see. get the sense that they let a lot go while she was nursing because because they needed because they needed yes. her, right? The handmaids certainly could not get away with the kind of shit that she was pulling no. with the wife. But, you know, but like, she bit her. She bit her. Yeah. So, you know, I'm picturing torture scenes in my head. Meanwhile, everything seems to be fine. But then, okay, now you have blank slate again. Yes, you and you're success. going with genuinely nice yes. people. So what are you going to do now? Like all the the you know the I guess the comforts that you get from being a handmaid have been the, the slate is clean again you are back to ground zero yeah but she did you, you know and Lydia at least gave the off the impression that she does have a little bit of a status now because she did produce a baby and a baby is healthy True. which I was kind of waiting for the other shoe to drop on that as well because in the book the, the baby book, yeah. is not okay pretty quickly like yes. maybe a week later mm-hmm. yeah and so I keep waiting for the show to do that and I clearly they're not going to I think they would have done it by now I was kind of relieved about that. Me too. I didn't want that to happen, but just knowing from the book, you're just like, when are they going to find out that the baby's not okay or, you know, an unbaby or whatever. So, anyways, so, but then it kind of goes over to, we're walking with, you know, 
Mrs. Putnam, and they've got the baby, and they're in Serena Joy's there, and they're walking down the street and kind of chatting about what was happening. And you get the sense that Mrs. Putnam, throughout the entire episode, just isn't good with the baby. Like she, she just, seems to kind of hate babies. Yeah, and it, and she doesn't seem to have any natural sense of how to take care of the baby, and then resents anyone else who tries yeah. to help because oh, that's yeah. an infringement upon her motherhood. Or that's right, quote unquote natural motherhood. Serena Joy even said like it's really cold out. Maybe she needs an extra blanket. And uh, what's her name? Down. Mrs. Piper yeah. was like, she's fine. It's fine. I was like, damn, lady. Well, and then when when Serena Joy asked her like, did she take her bottle okay? Because the transition from breast to bottle can sometimes be rocky, and she was like, it was perfect. We don't even need that handmade. And you get the sense. She said no, she called her something it. terrible too. A feral cat. Yeah, yeah. Something. I, something that led me to believe that she was going to be doing that for that poor child's whole life. Right. So yeah. So she's like, oh, I was, oh, I was like living with a feral cat. Be so thankful that your handmaid, you know, is. Um, I think she kind of catches so well behaved. She realizes, oh, at least I have a baby. Like you, uh, you might have this nice obedient handmaid, but um, she's not giving you any kids. Yeah. So, right. Sucks to be you. Um, yeah, so they keep walking, and she's like, oh, and then, yeah, she catches herself, and she's like, your miracle will come soon, and you're like, okay, you're, you just pop off out of your mouth. Like, this woman is completely just terrible. She's so she bad. She seems spoiled rotten. Ugh. She, ugh, to the max. So, um, so then when she says that, um, you know, it just didn't seem like Serena bought it. You know, when she was like, you're lucky you have such an obedient handmaid, it kind of seemed like Serena was like, yeah. <laughs> I'm sure Serena was thinking Oops. Serena also is like sure. something's going on in my house that I don't right. know about totally going on in her house so um, yeah and then I think it goes on ne- the next scene is Alfred walking with the new Auckland I think again I had a little confusion about this because they look sort of similar to me and I don't they know they do kind of um, so because you can't see their hair or like any yeah. of anything yeah. like it's really weird they're oh never mind I'm sorry I wrote this wrong just kidding She's still with the, the woman previously who she asked about the resistance. And then this comes back to that little storyline. She's walking with her, and um, she finds her in a different scenario. And she's like, okay, here's how you can help with the Mayday resistance. You can pick up a package at Jezebel's. And June's like, all right. And she's like, probably going to need to be tonight. And I was then, about to punch June here, as was the woman delivering the message. Because she comes to her, risks stuff to say, can I help? And the woman right. says yes. And June's like, I don't know if I can go tonight. I know. <laughs> I mean, I would have been really concerned in June shoes about, like, is it possible to get there tonight? I don't know how I'm going to do that. But also, like, don't complain. You asked yeah. for a thing. Yeah. You got a thing. Now go You can't have it both ways. Yeah. Right. And you knew it was going to be risky. This wasn't going to be a push thing. People die doing these. Right. So she's like, probably going to need to be tonight. And June's like, oh my gosh, okay. So she, in the next scene, she is talking to um, the commander, and she totally manipulates him, and he, he falls for it, line and sinker. She um, she tells him that she wants to go on another outing with him that night. Oh, no, I love how she does it. She doesn't tell him she wants to go on another one. She just flatters the shit out of him about the first That's one. That's right. So that he said, suggests going again. Right, she beautifully and then manipulates him to make him she fl- She's like, idea. oh my gosh, we could do it again. That would be amazing. I had such a wonderful time. And he's like, when do you want to go? And she's like, oh, I don't know, you know. I don't know what exactly what she says, but basically, when should we go? And he suggests like that night. Yeah, it was amazing. It was I, I also would have almost vomited when I left that room, but I it was amazing. You learn later her. that he 
totally figured it out. But he so still, when did he he still did exactly what she wanted True. in that scene. True. I think he know. I think he knew that she wanted to get back there for a purpose, like not just because she had a great time suddenly and now she loves him. But he did like suggest it and then suggest that night on his own. And I don't know. And it's not like she gets whatever she wants right. normally, right? Right. She couldn't say, "Oh, I really want to go to you know, I don't know, the the market with you." I think he would have said no if yeah. she had asked to go. If that it were night. just for her, he would have said no. Yeah, it was clearly a power play, and he needed to feel like he was in control, and she did it beautifully. It was um, pretty impressive. And also gross. Yeah, it was really gross, but it was totally in keeping with both the characters, too. Like, you knew he would fall for something like that, and it was just went beautifully. It's really not super bright. No, and he seemed to want this girlfriend experience so much that yeah. he's willing to play these little flirty games with her. Even Definitely. if he knows that she has an ulterior motive, he's still willing to play along, because that's how desperate he is for... Attention. Attention, approval. Perfection. Yeah. yeah, and of course she pumps him up, you know, like, oh, you're so powerful, and she takes him exactly where... You know he needs to go, and so in the next scene they're in, they're in the limo or whatever that is, um, and she's flirting with him and being extra, and whatever it, she thinks. He and wants you see Nick's and you face. see Nick, I, and you see I, her looking back at Nick, knowing that she is really freaking his shit out right now. You think how insecure is Nick? Also, right, that like his oh, whole self concept yeah. is built on this woman who has. No choices in her life, making the half choice to not flirt with her commander because they're having an illicit affair. Right? Like, I know. And then there's this one scene that I just stood out to me, and I don't know why, but she's basically like, you know, taunting him. He's like, she's like, he's like, well, you know, the checkpoint is coming up. Nick is, you know, being all super serious. Oh yeah, because they were getting really cuddly back there. Right. Exactly. And she goes, you know what? You just need to chill. And then the commander's like, yeah, yeah Nick. for them or something like that would be in there or like her first uh, commander or whoever she was assigned to before the Waterfords would be in there or something like that and it would end badly because they would know that she it wasn't supposed seem to be like there. Did the right? like Once the gun is under the scene, you know the gun is going to go off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And I, it seemed like that and then I was you know, waiting for that the whole time essentially. And I totally, I, I wrote here, yeah, like it seems like a foreshadow or Nick trying to warn Offred yeah, that, that like something is gonna happen, right? Like he's an eye, or guard, or whatever. Yeah, I, I thought there was more to that than there was, but either way. Um, so then it then it cuts over to a really interesting scene with Serena Joy, and she's knitting what looks like a blanket, really drab baby blanket. Yeah, yeah. she can only get brown wool or something. And then she folds something in the blanket, which I entirely missed. I did too. I, and I think we were supposed even. to miss okay. it because I I rewound it and I couldn't tell. Oh yeah, so. And then she I guess puts, we'll find out later. Yeah. She puts the blanket in a chest, and the chest had what looked like other baby things. Lots and lots of baby things. Knitted, like, beanies and stuff, which kind of... Lots of baby blankets. That was really sad. It, it's super sad. I think she must have made all of those, because it was, you know, she's been trying for years with no baby, so... That's that was really kind of heartbreaking to see. Like, now that I, now that I have accepted that Serena is also a human with feelings. Yeah. 
<laughs> not just a terrible uh, commander's wife. It's hard to it's, feel sorry for her, but then you see that happen. Yeah, that's totally something that I think a lot of women could identify with. Totally. So. Um, and then, so she goes into the kitchen, probably to get, I'm thinking, booze. Oh, yeah, she was totally okay. looking for booze. That's what I thought. And then Rita interrupts her, or comes in uh, unplanned, and she's like, is there anything I can help you with? And she's like, I was just looking for some chamomile tea. And she's like, okay. And then she stops and she goes, or you could have something a little more flavor and soothe your soul or something like that. And then Serena Joy's like, all right. And she's like, get two if you want. And you're like, okay. She's being human. Yes. Exciting. And then. Interacting with another woman appropriately. Totally. And you're like, you know, kind of excited about this. And then Rita starts talking about, um. Oh, well, at first, Rita kind of writes the commander out. I guess. Yeah, I was going to ask if anybody else noticed that. <laughs> I don't think it was on purpose at all. No. I think she, I think that I think that she genuinely thought saying, I thought the commander came home early, was an okay thing to say sure. to Serena, not realizing that Serena had no idea he was even gone. Yeah. And so she quickly changed she the She covered pretty that. well. I was very impressed. I know, but if I was Serena Joy, I'd... I'd Something oh no, I think she noticed, yeah. Okay. Serena there are little tick marks going off in her head at this yeah. point, right? Oh yeah, she's no dummy. Her her stranger-meter is getting closer and closer to the red. Right. Um, so either way, they start talking about um, how Rita lost her son, who was 19, in the war. And she says something like, maybe right before or after that, she says, that must have been so painful for you. Again, an appropriate thing to say. Like, mm-hmm. yeah so painful. Showing empathy for other humans. Right? Like, nothing weirdly formal or scripted about that. It's just, yeah. You know, like a conversation that two people would have. And then right after that, she Turns says some off. sort of Bible quote, and then you realize yeah. she's checked into the other Serena Joy mm-hmm. that is kind of detached. Well, she does that weird Bible quote reaction after Rita says he died in the war. Yeah, that's and I think that's her reaction, because she doesn't, she doesn't ask what side he was on. I think she assumes that he was for the other side, and like that is her way of being polite while not endorsing fighting for the other side or something like that. Because I, they very explicitly ignored which side he died on. Right. Um, and I and thought that was really interesting too. I think that there were there. Were, I wonder if there were so few sides that it's not like it's not a real war where you have two sides coming head to head. You had the society, and then you had these guerrilla renegades who came in yeah. and just swooped in and took over. Yeah. And then they are the ones That's killing true. everyone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? That's true. So it's almost like you They assume. do talk about people being in the resistance but not, yeah. like, during that time. But not in the same way that you would talk about, like, you know, a foreign enemy. So, that was disappointing. And then we go over to um, Janine's new home. And, again... The new wife seems uh, kind, willing to work with her. She's trying to calm her nerves. She cuts um, off the original part of the ceremony. They yeah. don't do the, the holy awkwardness with the kneeling and the whole household sitting there no. and reading from the Bible. And We start just from the point where all that has just taken place, and then they're walking into the room together. And, of course, Janine is still really freaking out, and you can see it, and you know something's going to pop off. And then the wife is like, Hey, you know, we're in this together. Just, you know, just try to relax, breathe. You know, she's like trying to help her, and you're like, okay, this is all right. And then the commander comes in, her new commander, Daniel, or whatever, and um, she looks really uncomfortable, tries to close, close her legs, mm-hmm. or something just really, really 
horrific. Yeah, and she says no right away. This is away. the rapiest of all yeah, the rapes. Really oh, was. yeah. And it just, oh, so yeah, she says, like, And she no, seems don't. so childlike, it makes it so much worse. I know, I know. It was just the most painful scene. Um, and in a show like this, if it's one of the more painful scenes of the show. <laughs> That's really saying something. something. Yeah. And so he immediately just starts to just shove right in, and it's awful, and then she freaks out after maybe eight seconds and is like, no, 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 get the fuck off me. Uh, Warren's coming for me. He's going to come for me. Yeah. And then the scene ugh, just ends. So and sad. Like, and she's like crouched in the corner. Ugh. There oh, was a so difference between the wife and the, I guess, Daniel. We know his name is Daniel, but he was very much kind of all business. Yes. Yes, and for sure. In a very fast way, I was like, oh, biologically, okay, sure. And then is able to kind of just turn it off and the wife is the one where we see some emotion going on yeah. there but yeah. you can tell he has trained himself to be in robot mode and yeah so yeah and he was focused on he was focused still, on his wife the yeah. whole time yeah. yeah which was new i hadn't seen that yet in yeah. the ceremony um but yeah and then um that's the end of that scene and then we we come back to offred and the commander having sex in the hotel and she's making her ceremony face, and then he looks at her, and then she realizes she needs to be making. Yeah, she's just dealing with it at first. Face. Yeah, and that was interesting to me because she was such a pro earlier uh-huh. that I was like, "Oh, you can't hold on to it. There's a there's a time limit on how long you can be that fake, right?" Like, yeah, and like, she what can be it. what can be happening that you can still keep up that yeah. facade? Yeah. yeah. Well, and I took it as she was so preoccupied with the fact that they still haven't made it to the bar. The bar. Yeah. You know, she keeps oh, asking about it, and he went straight to the room which was like, no, 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 this isn't how we do this. And so I think part of it was like, when are we going to the bar? When are we going to the bar? Oh, wait, I have to make sex face? Sex face? Oh, here you go. Okay, when are we to the bar? So, like, that's how it was in my head, too. I was like, when are they going to get to the bar? Um, I think she, like, legit hates him now. Oh, as, yeah. what, as, like, at first it seemed like, you know, hatred mixed with just indifference. Because yeah. this is a circumstance. You were just the latest person, you know, that is now in charge of me in this circumstance. And now that she knows him more and, like, sees him still saying and doing terrible things, like, I think she has genuine hate or dislike of him, and that has to make things like that harder. Like, now that, now she really does have to pretend. She didn't really have to pretend before, except to pretend to be faithful and, you know, pious. Bought in, yeah. Yeah, she had to pretend to believe, but she didn't have to pretend to be really being enjoying herself. Right. And now she does, and that's really different. Ugh. Um, Yuck. so then she keeps asking about the bar, obviously, and then he's like, you know what? Uh, I know why you're asking about that. I'm not dumb. And you're like, oh, no. I'm picturing yeah. eyes busting through at this point. Like, right. I know That's what I thought, too. Really thought this could be... I thought Nick was going to walk in yeah. with some other eyes with him. Because and... it would be just like the commander to be like, at least I get to have sex first. Yep, and that's then what I thought, too. You're screwed, but... But then he brings in more. Figuratively, after the little... Uh-huh. <laughs> and then he brings in Moira, and he's like, I know you two are friends. I've gotten, I'm not dumb, I can pay attention. And, uh, you know, Moira looks sort of blank. Yeah. Yeah, she looks real shut down and, and then he hints, disappointed to be there. He hints that he has had sex with her before, and you're like, cool. And then he's like, so, and then he also hints that maybe a potential threesome between the two of them, of which course offered shuts down immediately ew she's like not like that not friends like that and he's like all right well you know what and he kind of says it in that way of like i'm just gonna let you i'm just done with you now i'm i'll be in the you know the shower and you're just like okay 
and you don't really know like is he gonna listen to him? Does he care at this point? I assumed he would be listening in, but right. But they talk very candidly. So yeah, they do. I hope he it's his speak. like like assumption that the world works the way that he wants it to. That's work. true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like, well, why would anything go wrong? Because I'm in charge here, so I can take a shower and I'll be fine. Right. Be... And they're just gonna chat about you about know girl things, right? High heels, and talk about nails, yeah. and how, how she's got a crush on me. It'll be fine. And so um, he's like, relax. I did something for you. And then, um, and who, I'm just curious, informal poll, who here has not been told by a guy, I did something for you, like, you should oh, appreciate it. For sure. Right. Yeah. Where I, are you I now? Like, like, halfway this thing that you I know. I, I half did the thing, or I did the part that makes more work for you. Why aren't you happy? <laughs> yeah. Like, that's uh, a thing that happens for all the dudes listening. That's a thing you should never say. Somebody yeah. is not happy about the thing you did. You didn't do something for somebody. You did something for yourself. That's right. it. That's the best lesson you can learn from this. Listen to what they say afterwards and don't do it again. Or think more. Anyway, so then we go down to this Martha who Nick has, you know, had this thing with or whatever. This Martha is catching Martha to me. I know. I love in general how the Marthas seem to be the only people who speak in regular mm-hmm. tones. Yeah, and they have conversations with the men. Yes. In a way that the wives don't really. They don't have that same and the, like the, yeah. scripted comments or that very highly formalized. Yeah. Well, in the book, most of the Marthas are with brown or black skin, so they are kind of the only racial minorities you see in the book. So I wondered if this was like a nod to that, like just that they're using they're using dialect as a way to like make these Marthas seem like not as proper or something like that. Because that was, that was certainly much, right? implied in the book. We don't have to control their language because they don't matter. That's very true. Yeah, That's it was true. certainly implied in the book that like everybody treated the Marthas like they were not as yeah. smart yeah. or that they were not you know worth as much as the other women. Um, even though they seem to have, like, more freedoms in some way than the handmaids, they were not, like, supposedly on paper as revered because they couldn't have children. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, yeah, so she, um, so Nick starts asking some questions about the whole situation. She's like, you need to stop asking so many questions, you end up on the wall. And he's like, all right. I love that they then look over to the eye who's yeah. standing on the edge of the kitchen, reminding Nick, like, you're one... But there's awesome. never only you, yeah. right? There's somebody who's got you under their thumb, too. And then she's like, and then he asks about uh, Commander Waterford's handmaid, obviously, Offred, and she's like, you're sweet on her, aren't you? Or she says something like that, and uh, she imme- immediately gets, like, kind of jealous, or, you know, whatever's going on between the two of them. And It's Nick's almost like, like, friendly making fun of. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, but in a way of, like, is that why you're not sleeping with Yes, yeah. totally. And maybe uh, yeah. this pasta carbonara, and you're not delicious. eating it. I did something for you. Be <laughs> <laughs> so he's he just brushes her off and is like, this pasta is great, and then that's the end. I would be excited in that world if somebody made me pasta carbonara. I'm just True. saying, like, that would be the best thing ever in that world. Come on. Love. I know. In the book, she eats like, all you like, got. canned peaches, or canned <laughs> pears, and I'm like, oh, gross. Oh. Anyway, um, so then we go back finally to... Um, June asking Moira to help her get the package, and Moira will just not do it, and June then just fires off on her and is like, you are a coward, and you pity swore you, that we would find Hannah together. You know, she brings Hannah into it, and you're just like, oh my god. 
And I'm sitting there wondering, too, what kind of torture did they put Moira through that, that was so thoroughly broke her, that took her from, like, the queen of rebellion to, I won't even consider it. Right, even when you bring up your daughter, I won't consider it. Um, so she's like, you need to get your shit together and fight. And, you know, June just sort of unleashes on Moira, and more, all she says in return, uh, from what I wrote down, is that um, she was doing okay until she saw her again, and then she leaves. Um, yeah. yeah, and the, the commander comes out of the shower, and he's like, oh, she left? And June's like, yeah, and he's like, oh, good, she's a degenerate, you know. And then um, he's like, you need to stop crying so she can leave, because June is just so distraught after this interaction, and that's kind of where we're left for a minute, at least, between the two of them, and it's just super heartbreaking, and um, he comes home, so the commander comes home after this night, and Serena Joy is waiting for him at the top of the stairs, and she's like, it's late, and he's like, you should get some sleep. And we don't know if she's kind of drunk, or just... Feeling a little ballsy because she knows something's going on, maybe. Right, those ticks in her head that Rhea mentioned, like, it's another tick that he's coming home late, that, that, you know. And not even bothering to say, like, oh, that meeting went so long. Oh, no, no, he just basically tells her to go back to bed. It's really, I was pretty surprised at that because I thought he would at least have more self-preservation, I guess, to do that. Because he already got in trouble for last time with the last handmaid. Like, shouldn't he be afraid mm-hmm. that somebody's going to find out something's going on? Or it, maybe he's just not worried at all that Serena would turn him in or, like, say anything to anybody? Or that... Because, like, apparently people know about this he's thing. He's breaking the rule in a way that doesn't seem to be a problem. That, like, if there are other commanders at Jezebel's that... Yeah, but they don't take their handmaids. Mm-hmm. That's the thing that I think yeah. would be really wrong, is the inappropriate relationship with this handmaid. Yeah. Yeah. Like, and I think that's one of... And I'm just speculating, obviously. I get the impression that that is one of the things where, like, probably lots of dudes do have inappropriate relationships with their handmaids, but once it becomes public knowledge, like, that's the point at which it's not okay. Hmm. Yeah? yeah? No? Seem yeah, crazy? dirty laundry kind of situation. Yeah. Like, you have to at least, you know, avoid the look of impropriety. impropriety. Yeah. It's, it's not so much that you have to avoid. It's like politicians. You don't have to actually avoid the impropriety because half of them are doing it, but you have to avoid everybody knowing and talking about that you've had this impropriety. Just stay the open secret. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so, you know, he dismisses her, essentially. And then um, June goes to bed and dreams of beach time with Moira and Luke and Hannah. And it's awoken. I know, it's very sad. It was really sad. It was a little family flashbacks get me every time. Oh, yeah. It's, it, it was short, but enough to tell you your heartstrings for sure. And then Serena wakes her very suddenly with an emergency. She doesn't tell her what it is, but then we later find out that they um, went to the bridge because Janine is standing on, on the, you know, at the edge of it with the baby, threatening to jump off because she somehow has gotten out of her house that she's living in as of Daniel, and she's take, she's gotten into the other house, stolen the baby, and now she's on a bridge that can be killed both. Was I the only one disappointed that we didn't see any of how that happened? Yeah. I really want to know how that happened. I think, yeah. Yeah. And my first thought then, too, which is terrible, was I don't think that bridge is high enough. Like, I knew it would damage oh. the baby, but I didn't think it would kill her. I thought maybe the cold water? Like yeah, it. I don't know if that's like a thing though. Like, can you die from jumping into relatively far away? 
icy water. Be, yeah, I don't know. In it for a while. Right? But yeah. it doesn't take I don't too know. long. If the water's really cold, it doesn't take too long for yeah. your body to just lock Stop. up and go into shock and then you die. But anyway, um, so she uh, has the baby and they've gotten June her only friend or the only person they've ever seen her connect with to help her off the bridge. But at the time, when we arrive, Mr. and Mrs. Putnam are trying to talk her off the bridge, which, of course, is going miserably oh. because, first of all, Mrs. Put- Put- Putnam has no maternal skills, people skill, any skill, any warmth She doesn't seem like she cares about anything. No. The smart move, you know, true, would have been to get her out of there and have it just be Warren because she's he's the one that she really right. wants and to let him say whatever from. she would need to hear. Yeah. Right, but they're barking at her like, well, well, just get down off of there. I, I don't know what they said, but it was it was something along those lines and you're like, that's your strategy to get... Um, Instruct her to right. get down. Oh, oh, okay, thanks. I was, I had a moment. Oh, and she had some good lines in this scene, man. Yeah, She just let it loose. Oh, yeah, she did. It was amazing. You were waiting for her to do it, and she did it. She was like, oh, that stuff your husband wouldn't do, and you're like, yeah. Yes, all that kinky stuff you wouldn't do in bed. <laughs> so you're just like, oh. And then, um, you know, they were awfully rude and harsh with her, considering that she's holding their baby that they've wanted for so long, one of the only babies in their society right now, and they're going, oh, get off the bridge, and you're like, pipe down, like, they even had a kind of a rude tone with her, like, oh, well, why don't you just get over whatever you're yeah. experiencing, why aren't you happy with this also, situation, also, they're totally lying, too, right, because they're like, we'll make you a member of our family, yes. I'll say, no, you won't, I'm yeah. tired of a cheer and beer feed off, like, no, yeah. don't right? see them, they don't yeah, bother no. to come up with a plausible lie, like, she knows that's not gonna happen, but I guess... He's like, she's crazy, and he's saying it loud enough that she can't hear. He should have played into her. If he was really serious about it, he'd have been like, okay, we'll get back together. You'll come. We'll live. We'll be a family. We'll run away with you. I'll get rid of this crazy lady next to me. She sucks. Oh, yeah, and crazy lady apparently also had no idea her husband was having an affair with the handmaid, and she looked shocked to hear all these things. It was great. Um, so... I was really happy to see her find that out, because she seems like a terrible person. This, oh yeah, she's the worst, and it, it gets even better. But then June comes over, so they finally have somebody who has some sense of emotion and feeling and heart, and she comes over there, and she first starts in with, like, the, we'll be free, and we'll go out dancing, and Moira, you know, will Moira be there? You know, all of that, and you're like, okay, I still don't know that this is going to work. I just wasn't totally bought into it, and then um, she's like, well, you can jump with me. I mean, she implies that June should jump off the bridge with her. Yeah. And June says, I can't, I have to, I have to live for my daughter, like, I have to be there for her, or, or something along yeah. those lines, and your heart kind of breaks a little bit, and then she's like, and you have to make sure that your daughter has a chance to grow up, too. And you're like, oh, and in that moment, I knew what was going to happen. Yeah. Uh, and I'm not a big predictor person, like, I try not to predict things, because I kind of like just being washed over with it, but I was like, she's going to give the baby to June, and she's going to Oh, yeah. And there's also no good way out of that, right? right. No, so, no it's I'm not sure she You'd knows. be thrilled if she stepped down either because then you know she's going to be yeah. tortured and miserable. Yeah, and, and all whatever that, so. the mystery thing that happened to uh, yeah. Glenn, right. I'm sure she would be in the same boat where once you get captured for right. something that terrible, there's no going back. Yeah. Well, and when you're putting yourself in the position, you're like, I would absolutely jump. Because yeah. that I be absolutely would too. Preferable to hand the baby over to somebody. It's that old war metaphor. Like, you'd rather die in your own sword than by your enemy, you know, it's, it's the whole thing. So, she gives and does that just that, and you don't, first of all, it's cool because it sort of validates Janine as not a crazy person, and everybody yeah. realizes, oh, she's 
of course, a little unstable, but she actually did have an affair with Warren, and he may have said some of that stuff to her about coming to get her. So you're like, yay, Janine's not the crazy one, although she is still kind of crazy, but not in the way that we thought she was. But then um, after she jumps, I was hoping she was dead. Just yeah, yes. Too. Again, what are they going to do to her later? Just mentioned. So you're like, okay, and you don't know for a minute, and I thought they were just going to leave it at that, and we could all just assume she was dead. Um, but then... Then you see them fishing her out with a big pole. And how dehumanizing is that? At first right? I was wow. like, oh, they're just, you know, getting her out because you can't leave the body there. But then it went on, and you find out she's not dead, and it's horrifying in a whole new way. Why are they going through so much trouble and effort to keep her alive? Is it because they wanted to have more babies, or is yeah. it because they're going to torture information out of her? I thought maybe or, they're... Yeah. And when Olivia says to her, oh, she's like, you poor stupid girl yeah. or something. She's unconscious. I feel like she is, talking to and her. Lydia's like, terrible things are going to happen to you now, and that's because of yeah, that decision that's that you made, and there's nothing too. I can do anymore, even though I loved you in this oddly inappropriate way. Um, you yeah. really, you crossed the line here, so it's all on you now. And Aunt yeah. Lydia's reaction to her jumping was also super interesting, because Aunt Lydia looks horrified. Like, yeah. just... Like her child just, just jumped off the bridge. Exactly, and again, kind of the fascinating relationship between yeah. the two of them. And then, of course, in the next scene, she's in the hospital, and she says that thing like, um, like, God bless your soul, or no, may the Lord keep you in his mercy, and you're like, oh, that's kind of nice. And then she goes, stupid girl, and you're like, oh, Because that's shit. the way she spoke to Emily, right? Yeah. That's uh, true. You, Ooh, that's you true. You were being yeah. um, stupid, and so we took your decision away from you by cutting off, you know, the uh, So that was awful. Um, yeah, and then... So then, this is actually, was also a super cool scene, I don't know why I liked it so much, but we then go back to Warren and, or the Putnam's house, mm -hmm. and Serena Joy is there with Mrs. Putnam, and Warren is being hauled it off It must by be, like, boys. right after, because yeah. Serena Joy is there. Yeah. So, like, she, so Warren is being hauled off by the authorities, and Serena Joy actually tries to comfort her a little bit and says, you know, maybe it'll just be an admonishment, or maybe he'll, you know, like, I guess yeah. it's like a slap maybe on the wrist. help you with the baby. Right, like... And then she snaps back with, why don't you worry about your own husband? Because we all know what happened with the first handmaid. And you're like, whoa. Yeah. And I thought, I don't know. <laughs> because now there's, there's an implication that there's something else that was going on besides the suicide, right? That Oh, they definitely had a relationship. There was yeah. Some, yeah. For sure. Like, for, yeah. For sure. I think, I think Nick's flashbacks or you know his backstory definitely pointed toward that and all of the little nuggets that we've gotten out of the commander in his study uh -huh. have really implied that they were that they had a very close Except relationship. I go back she definitely forth. was there playing games. True. And yeah. she definitely knew about the Latin dictionary because that was written in his Latin dictionary and that's what she chose to carve inside the um, closet for the next handmaid. The only thing that confuses me is I feel like the last episode was partially about him trying to take um, Fred and the new of Fred in a different direction so that she wouldn't get to that point. Mm -hmm. And yet, if they're doing all the same things, I don't think that would... I think he thinks he's being careful this time. Do you know what I mean? Like, he, I, I think that he feels he is being more careful and trying to think of her feelings and stuff more and trying not to uh, drive her to suicide, I guess. Um, I guess we'd have to see the comparison, right? To yeah, yeah. Because if he is doing all the same things, then why wouldn't he expect the same results? Exactly. And I also sense. wonder, like, we don't really have enough information to know for sure. Like, did she commit suicide because of the terrible situation that she is in? And that's or did she implies, commit suicide yeah. because she really did love him? 
and was never going to happen. Kind of, yeah, kind of like a worm. And you don't really know, you because you never get her sight of things, obviously. So that's that's left open to interpretation and very interesting, I think. Yeah, because yeah, current current Offred certainly does not love him. He may think that she's getting to, maybe, or that she will eventually, or that she just likes him or has a crush on him, but she certainly doesn't actually. He just seems to like to think so. I don't know. Maybe because I think that it would just be so awful if it was me that she knew what an awful situation she was she was in, and that's why she hung herself, that she didn't have like, yeah. true feelings, but that's just, I'm just projecting my own opinion on it. Yeah. Like, it could have been the other thing. I don't know. Well, the only thing that really makes me pause and think, like, maybe it did have to do with her actual relationship with him and that she was very sad or distraught because of something that happened in their relationship, which would imply then that she did have real feelings for him, is because she waited. Like, she was there for a long time. She could have hung herself then. She could have hung herself from the chandelier any time. That was always there. That was not a new option that suddenly got installed into her bedroom. Although maybe so why her, did she do she it was then? nearing the end of her... Ooh, that's a good point. Yeah. End of her, like, childbearing term. Yeah. Mm, That's a good point. Early on, but I guess, like, Offred wasn't in the first batch of people caught. Yeah. Yeah, that's very interesting. Um, But, yeah, then Serena Joy, in the next little scene, um, storms into his office, and he's not there, and she just seems angry, maybe because of what... Of Warren just said. She seems about to catch him at something, but right. then there's nothing going on. Right. Uh, yeah, I didn't totally get that scene, but there's that, and then, um, oh, so then Offred is at the All Flesh. I think that's where she is. Yeah. And she goes to the butcher counter, and she gets a special package, and he keeps kind of making He's like making it really clear that he knows who she is. Yeah, and you're like, okay, and then, um. At first I thought he was going to be creepy like the doctor. Me too. I, I took it a, a bad direction. I was like, oh no. I yeah. Know. I was like, why are you being unusually friendly? This is not okay. And he's talking about how special it was just for their family or just for their household. And you're like, oh no. Um, yeah. I, I took it a weird direction. I'll just tell you. I wasn't going to mention it. But um, I thought that he had caught on that there's a relationship between Fred and his handmaid. And they were trying to like poison him or like do something. Oh my gosh. Like, yeah, I know. Yeah, no, that would mind. totally make sense though that like if they wanted to kill him, they would poison the food. Right? And like I think he was trying to make sure that like Commander Waterford gets this one. I don't know. I took a Oh dude, that would totally work too. Yeah. They should and, do that. Yeah, but like I like Rhea said, this is what the show is doing in my head. But anyway, she goes out into the hallway and opens the package up and it's the missed package that she didn't get at Jezebel's, you know, the night before or whenever that was. And then there's a note from Moira in it and it says, Praise be bitch here's your damn package, you know, XO Moira, Moira, and you're like, yes! And she sounds like Moira again in that note. But this is when I get angry, and it's it's not, I don't think the show does this intentionally at all, and part of, that's part of my problem, is I think if you have one character, really one character who's a person of color, right, Mm -hmm. who is one black woman, and she was the leader and the instigator and the rebel, and then we have, it takes a white person to get her back to that. It just seemed like this almost like the help white savior, like, you know, who's really, who's really going to be able to do this is your friend who yeah. you had to talk into it in the first place. So it's like Moira doesn't get the credit yeah. for being that leader that she was. I'm definitely sensitive to that argument. Uh, white saviors are a huge thing that I have problems with in the media all the fucking time. They're everywhere. 
And the reason I kind of feel like this is not that situation is because Moira led her to even think that she could make a difference, think that she could do something. It is because of Moira, and especially in the book, you don't get as much of this in the show, She's like listening to Moira in her head, like and all the time in the house. Because we don't have that in the yeah, show. Yeah, that's true. I she's not like she's like not a, hearing Moira's voice. June is our her. real hero. Moira couldn't hack it, and so June is yeah. here to be the one. Well, we who did have lots of times, and more so than in the book, we did have lots of time with Moira in flashbacks to the Red Center and trying to escape and things like that, where Moira was really like taking the lead, and she was really the only reason that June wasn't completely folding and freaking the fuck out and turning into Janine, I definitely got the sense early on that if it were not for Moira, uh, June would have been Janine, for sure. She was losing her grip on reality. She was starting to just drift into horrible, horrible thoughts of never seeing her daughter and husband again. Maybe they're both dead. You know, who knows what happened to them. And Moira is the one that kept her, like, grounded in reality. Like, this is not okay. What is happening is not okay. You have to resist this. And we did get a lot of that in the beginning of the show, I think. And because of the rewrites they've done to kind of carry the story forward beyond the book, we got even more. Then I wish that thread had carried forward in some way. Yeah. Somewhere where it didn't have to be. Yeah. Somewhere where it didn't have to be June bringing her back. Because I don't get this sense that June is this really strong... No, I definitely don't. You know, she's as strong as you could expect anyone to be. Yeah, I think she's like average lady strong in this show, whereas Moira is like a true warrior. So I don't want her to get the credit for being like the Wonder Woman of Mm -hmm. this situation, right? No, no, not at all. Just me the wrong way. Not at all. Moira is totally the Wonder Woman here. I just compared their situations. I was like, alright, so they are both in terrible situations, but think about it like this. June is raped, but only once a month. Again, I'm not trying to like make this be okay, but like, Moira is raped Every day, by times day, how many so. countless men, right? Yeah. And, like, and really also asked to do other terrible things. I was I'm gonna sure. say, she's forced to do whatever their whim is that day, which could be anything from you know, super messed up to kind of okay or not even. But either way, so I thought, I think Moira is so beaten down right now, like, so not herself, so just wilted mm-hmm. because of her situation, because she's just. Every day, she tried to make it okay. Like we could eat what we want, yeah. or smoke, or something like that. But you Drugs. know that her situation is just terrible. Terrible. I mean, really bad. And so, um, you know, and she and she even said like, "Then I'm going to the colony," you know, because it's not like until she has a baby. You know, there's no babies here. It's just like you just get worn out. What did she say? Your pussy wears out. I know. Yeah. I yeah. Like was yeah. Insane, but that's exactly what it was. And so it's just like, and then you know, so her situation is enough to truly beat a person down even the strongest person I can see how yeah. really just I still I still right. believe Moira is still gonna continue to kick ass in this series in one way or another I think June is like her sidekick and you know sometimes the sidekicks gotta like step in and get I the know. hero out of a bad situation and, well, and I definitely think in their relationship Moira is the hero that's the thing their dynamic has always been Moira's the strong one and June isn't and then in this one situation and like you know, you have those type of dynamics in your family and friends where one is stronger in certain ways than the other, and the one time where you're really, really down, they know that that's their one time where they need to build so, you back up. One would hope so, yes. Right, ideally. <laughs> ideally. And so I took that as, like, not June getting any credit or being any stronger than she normally is. It was just June saw Moira in her, at her worst and was like, okay, this is the one time where I need to step forward, forward and pick her up. And that's why she brought out the big guns. She brought out Hannah. And pinky squares and like all that stuff. Like she wasn't holding anything back. She brought up like the most intimate parts of their like yeah. truly cool friendship that they have. So I took it that way of like this is offered one time to kind of step in and be the friend 
the strong friend, yeah. but normally it's the other way around. Yeah. So, I think on an individual level, it totally makes sense. It's just in a show that's already that's getting true. It's full of archetypes. I'm like, this is a big it thing. It's in another agree. puzzle of another show that's doing this again. That I would really hope that they don't. Hopefully, in season two, they start hearing some of this stuff and they move mm-hmm. in a different direction with it. But. Totally. But yeah, and then so then we see Moira at the hotel or at the you know at Jezebel's, at Jezebel's. and she's with a man and she's in the bathroom and he's calling to her to come back in and we see. We see that she's taken apart the toilet, much like she did at the Red Center, and she's found that... She that, made a shiv. That she, yeah, I was going to yeah, say. It's her favorite. It's great. <laughs> it's her weapon of choice. And Toilet um, shiv. So, then it the next it cuts to the next scene where she's in the car, starting it up, and she's yeah. got blood on her hands, so you know that she's... In men's clothing. Yeah. And, uh, and she just takes off. And you just wonder how far she can get, right? You're Every time she is escaping like this, I'm like, I feel like people are going to see your face and instantly know this is wrong. Totally. I just... Like how far can she I thought that when she was get. escaping dressed as an aunt, too, I was like, surely people are going to look at your face and know you just look way too fucking happy to be an aunt. Right. Like this. <laughs> no. And nobody looks that happy. Does she know where she's trying to go? Is she... Yeah. And then she I think can't, she can't know much. Her saving grace, I think, is that because she's a Jezebel and she's with drunk men in power all the time, that they have loose Ooh, lips. Yeah. And maybe she's been like collecting information maybe. and knows stuff just because yeah. she's with these guys who like right. to show off. Maybe the maybe the you know curtains are allowed to be open during the daytime when there's no dudes there, and she like has the lay of where she's at. She was in like a giant hotel. I'm sure it's very tall. Yeah, and all that whole place just seems kind of loose mm-hmm. in general. So maybe they yeah, it does seem like the women can do whatever they want as yeah. long as they're not like booked for the night, basically. Yeah. Go where go. Interesting. Yeah, man. Yeah, it was cool. It was cool. Drive to it see. like you stole it. And uh, the song, actually, they have a song at the end called "Wrap Your Arms Around Me" by the Knife, and I had never heard of them, but I thought it was a cool. It was a good choice. I thought. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it felt, I enjoyed it. It felt perfect for the scene what it was so it's cool and that's what opens up all these doors for how to conclude the series or the season excuse me so i don't know i don't know it goes so many ways i feel like they're gonna milk the cliffhanger because they can and they oh yeah i think so too i think so i don't think we're gonna get stuff wrapped up next week yeah but i totally agree where we were talking about how much we wanted to see moira more because in the book the last episode is where Moira is done. We're done with mm-hmm. Moira forever. So yeah. I'm so glad that they decided oh, to come yeah. back. Me too. I was really kind of heartbroken when we didn't hear anything else about Moira at the end of that episode. And I was like, oh God, what if they do it like the book and this is it forever? I need Samira Wiley to still be on the show because she's fucking amazing. Well, they- she is, I, I really think she is the best part of this show. I think... June is a wonderful character, and I really enjoy Elizabeth Moss. She's putting on a great performance. I think the rest of the cast is also amazing, save for maybe Nick. But, yeah, every time Samira Wiley is on screen, she is a total scene stealer, and she's just so good and so charismatic. She's so dynamic, yeah. Yeah, she's awesome. Well, I think they would have been dumb not to. They had to have known about the feel she has. I mean, they cast her, so I was like, I... She's I, great, yeah. Best I character on the show. Couldn't see them just letting that yeah, I would be. I would be really interested to hear what are your favorite characters. You you got to pick one. I off the top of my head, favorite in that I just like her character. Not that she's a likable person, right? But like I really enjoy like, seeing the most. Yes, I really like Serena Joy. I liked seeing more of her backstory. I just everything that I learn about her, I find really interesting. interesting. Yeah. She's, 
Interesting choice, Sarah. Yeah, like she's bought into this whole thing, but then it also has gone horribly wrong in some ways for her, and she still doesn't have the baby, and but she's a woman in this mix, and she gets to have her mom be alive. She's yeah. the best microcosm, I think, of our society in terms of how can we find a way in and relate to it. I mean, I know that we kind of relate more on an individual level to June and all of that, but... But in terms of how does society get to where they're in uh-huh. in this place, Serena Joy has enough of a foot in our reality and also a foot in that reality that you see the, the duality of, I can see why it's appealing to her, but I also see why it sucks for her. And yeah. so she shows the conflict, I think, more than anybody else. Well, the transition is super fascinating. Like, yeah, just how the definitely. society turned over like that. And how and you could go process. from being a woman in modern times today to being her. Right. I mean, everything you read online about The Handmaid's Tale is how likely it could be our society. And so the transition, of course, is very fascinating because you're like, I want to know. It's <laughs> kind of like, okay, I got to watch for symptoms. Right. What are like, the signs it's coming? I need to get the hell out of here and go to Canada. I need to know when it's time to leave. Right. So anything that they do about the transition is really fascinating to me, and she's a big part of that. Yeah, and that's true. I like seeing their relationship before and what they were like together. It's just she's fascinating to me in a kind of morbid way. Interesting. Real quick before we have to go, Rio, who's yours? That's what I was going to say. You were going to say Serena Joy too. Yes. Interesting. Yes. Yeah. Wow. You're going a different way. I am going a different way. I'm the Moira holdout. It's <laughs> true. It's true. It's hard not to love. It's true. It's hard not to love her. I really hope we get to see more of her both in the next episode and, you know, a lot next season. So really looking forward to that. Um, That is our show for episode nine. I hope you'll all join us again next week. Um, Don't forget, download us anywhere you get your podcasts and visit allconsumingcontent.com for our show. Uh, We are on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, all the things and all the places. And if you visit our social media pages uh, right now, there is about to be another contest. So if you want to win some really cool art, be on the lookout. Details are coming your way. And we will see you next time for the last simple episode 10. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye.